Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. (sighs) Take a pause from your to-do list with the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Hey, dude. The 90s called. With Christine Taylor and David Lasher. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Hey, Dude, the 90s called podcast. I'm David. Hi, David. I'm Christine. How are you doing in the Los Angeles rain? I I think it might finally be over, but it was four days straight of torrential. I've never seen anything like it. It um, looked, I mean, you, we always get the news footage here of the worst of it. So it looked awful. Like oh, it just I, looked like, like there were cars flooded and, and mud yeah, everywhere, yeah. landslides. And yeah, it's, it's LA just, it's never equipped for that kind of excessive rain for that long. Well, we don't just get like normal rain, like in New York where it rains for a day and it's kind of <laughs> nice. It's like, it's going to be a four day, they were calling it, um, atmospheric river mm. it was all over the news i was getting calls from yes. everyone i knew around the world are you okay are you okay and i was like yeah you know right now yeah we're okay thank god we are but yeah there's there's homes that came off their foundations and mudslides and a lot of debris but i think it finally <laughs> is over you're in the it does i see some light coming through your window so that's a good sign yes, yes. good sign um i have you? a great little 
story that and <laughs> very quickly because our guest is is yes she's okay she's in the waiting room and i love our guest today and i really want to have a full hour with her Me but too. very quickly a, uh, not this past saturday but the weekend before on snl uh dakota johnson was hosting and we were watching you know ben and quinn and i and we are just such big huge mikey day fans like there's nothing he cannot do he is funny in every single sketch from the smallest little part to that like you know he he goes for it i mean we just love him and so so ben i guess tweeted something do you even say that anymore since i'm not on it's it what do you say do you still say tweeted yeah even though it's it's whatever anyway ben put out a tweet about how and with a with a link to this this sketch that we saw that we loved so much that we were just laughing so hard um and mikey reached out to ben to just say that was like the greatest thing ever thank you so much and he said and by the way i'm a huge fan of your wife's podcast with david lasher he was like i was in the hey dude pocket of of, i was a hey dude fan and he is a listener so i really if if he's listening to this episode i just want to say what big fans we are and um it's always so fun when you hear about someone what was the sketch because i was cracking up at him last week too this was the sketch where it, it he and Dakota Johnson are playing the parents, the old parents, and they put in the videotape of how oh he's God. like. This is the, when we found out <laughs> yes. how when, that we were going to have a have a baby, and it's them on it's like, like a Jerry, Jerry Springer. Springer. Yeah. Oh my God. How brilliant was he in that sketch playing he's great. The, the? Oh my God! It just I still I just am laughing thinking about it. Um, <laughs> anyway, oh, thanks for sharing anyway, that. That's yes, awesome. yes, and thanks, Mikey. We're huge fans of yours. So um. So thanks for listening. Um, anyway, all right, let's get to our guest. Um, let's let's just bring her in. She doesn't even need an introduction. Bonnie Hunt is epic, and I love her. And um, so excited. Let's say hi, Bonnie Hunt. Hi. Welcome to our podcast. I'm happy to be here with you guys. You are so kind and generous. I I sent you an email. Okay, first of all, let let, let me go back to just how we met because. You worked with Ben on uh, on Danamora, and we didn't meet during that period of time. No, and I've known Ben since I was twenty years old. That's and and first of all, like we've always been gigantic fans of yours, and so I remember when he when you like said yes to to being in Escape of Danamora, he was over the moon excited to be working with you and you're just you're so so brilliant but i had the great pleasure of sitting next to you at the director's guild awards yeah yeah which was almost a year ago and you were nominated for the series amber brown um ben was nominated you both lost (laughs) (laughs) no there's no losers no but we all went home with little um director's chair tchotchkes yes with our (laughs) that i'm sure you keep displayed prominently well my niece (laughs) loved hers because Uh, you know it had her name on it she was so cool we just had the best night you know how those those dinners those events can sometimes Mm -hmm. be a little bit anxiety provoking (laughs) and you know christine with you too i just felt like immediately at home and just you're great you know and funny and smart and um kind and it was just it just made the evening it that's what what the joy of the evening was 
So uh, much. Yeah, it really is. It's those relationships, those paths that cross, and it's just like, oh, this is this is nice. Yeah. It was so, and we and I said, I'm gonna, I'm getting your information, and we're gonna, I'm literally gonna make you be my best friend. I love you so much. <laughs> and guess what? A year went by, and then I, I, the, the first email you get from me is asking you to come on this podcast. No, shamelessly I'm be here, <laughs> David. Where were you? When, what, what, David? Have we ever met? Which oh, is a terrible thing to say, somebody, but it, it's it's my mind that sometimes I, I don't. I think I don't. Okay, so so my roommate when I moved to L.A. was um, Doug Ellen. Oh, <laughs> do you know Doug? I did a movie with Doug. Kissing a fool, yes, with David Schwimmer, Christine. This was this was David's first movie. Um, on the heels of friends, like when he was, he I was remember the, the movie. Yes, of course. And, and I remember, I, you know, I was help. I was with Doug the whole time and Bonnie was so freaking funny in this movie. And I, of course I was always aware of you and I'm a huge fan of your work, but kissing a fool and your collaboration with Doug is the first time that I really, I, I'm sure we were at the premiere or some screening together, but never really like met like this. So it's so nice to finally meet you. Oh, that's nice. I remember Doug having a laptop on the set and we were quickly doing rewrites as we were going along. I, it was a nice collaboration. And then when I did a series, I think it was Life with Bonnie. Um, right. You CBS, hired him, right? Well, they CBS made me hire writers, even though right. I, we had written all the episodes. And um, you know, they just always did that to me. I would write everything and come in and sell it and be in production and say, oh, you got it basically have some guys around you, I guess. <laughs> and I hired each writer saying, I'm hiring you, but everything's kind of, you know, written. And then what's not written, I kind of change as I go along based on the actors I'm working with. Because if you get somebody great, you write a new episode for them. You know, like if an actor was available, like Tom Hanks or something, who we had Tom Hanks, Robin Williams, all these guys, the smallest brothers did the show. So th if they called me and said, hey, I have a week free, I'm like, okay, and write a new episode. But Doug was on that show and he wrote a couple of episodes just to, sh you know, examples. And I said, I think you should be writing for like men. You, you <laughs> look what happened. <laughs> I think you should write a movie. A the most masculine guys. show in the history of television. <laughs> yes. I said, take your time here. You have an office. You're being paid. Write something about guys because, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that is so great. You know, what he wrote was fine. It just wasn't for a woman, you know, for me. And, right. But uh, Kissing a Fool took place in Chicago, right? And that, I, Christine, you can take it away. But like, I know you I want to hear about your roots in Chicago and Second yeah, City and all that. Yeah. No, tell you got to fill us in mm -hmm. on everything. Yes. Oh. <laughs> yes. Well, I grew up in Chicago, uh, west of Wrigley Field, um, off of Addison and um, it, you know, I had six brothers and sisters and still lucky that we're all here. Uh, we grew up in a little brick bungalow um, and had the best of times. We had the best neighborhood. We had one of those neighborhoods where all the kids were on their banana seat bikes. And uh, <laughs> Did you hear the Cubs games? From your, no, yeah. no, we weren't that close. We, weren't oh, that, okay. we were there all the time. I mean, Wrigley Field was uh, one of the most romantic places in my life. Like it was where you went on first dates and where you went with... When, when you were a kid, with, you'd go with your folks and you'd see them happy and enjoying the game and relaxing and uh, just like sports, you know, entertainment and what we do is so healing. I mean, I was a nurse in Chicago. Um, I, you know, I, I went to nursing school and became a nurse and was working full time as a nurse and then got hired by Second City. 
after auditioning. So I would work as a nurse and, you know, do eight shows a week. And it was uh, one of the greatest times in my life. And I knew it was because I was a cancer nurse. So I'd be um, all day with patients that could escape for a moment when they'd watch. I bring in a VCR, you know, that's when we were doing VCRs and <laughs> I'd movies and uh, just see the power of, of storytelling and how it can help somebody for a moment escape what might be scaring them or hurting them or making them sad. Oh, I would, I mean, um, imagine having having you as, as a nurse because I my mom went through cancer a couple of years ago and it was the nurses that we formed the greatest bonds with. It was like, it, it was my mom, like they, my mom knew their stories. If they had a great sense of humor, that was even better. But they they, they were uh, maternal and, and um, gentle. And I mean, really? that's the job. It's an honor to be when somebody lets you in. I mean, I've been a volunteer patient advocate for newly diagnosed cancer patients now for 30 years. And it's oh. a big part of my life. And every week I'm at the hospital with somebody and, it's such a, um, a private, intimate journey for a family. And when you're a part of it, it's just something I have great respect for. And that keeps my perspective and is a gift. You know, it's, uh, it's, the, it's the best part of life is that connection. And um, whether it's through what we do as storytellers or when you're holding somebody's hand, it's it's powerful and it's, it's what it's all about. I mean, you know, when you figure that out, everything gets a little um, more focused. In the right I way. see the path though, from nurse in, in a cancer unit to second city. Now I can understand it because it really, oh. the power of comedy or music or, you know, yes. it's, mm-hmm. it, when we're young, we don't really get it, but it really, it, it saves so many people and brings it's so, so much. so true, fun. David. And my mom raised us with that. I remember one time when one of our dogs died, my mom, you know, she was a great musician, just played the piano beautifully, could play anything from the Rolling Stones to, you know, Irving Berlin. And she would play a song and tell us to sing it. We And I was crying. I remember crying so hard over the loss of our dog. And she said, you know, just keep singing, sing, sing the song as loud as you can. And, uh, my mom sang in the house all the time and played music all the time. And you're so right about the powerful healing of the arts. It's just, uh, it's so important. So important. Yep. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. 
If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. As a kid, did you perform in school plays? Were you in the choir? Were you, did you, you know, were you a sort of, um, you know, artist in, in your sort of middle school, elementary, high school years, but then took the sort of practical path? No, I was, I was mostly an audience. I had six siblings who were all really funny and my parents were fast. They were very witty and their arguments were even, if they were scripted, they were gold mines because they were just so humor <laughs> saved us. It saved us from tough times financially and emotionally tough times. Uh, and my parents gave us their gift. My dad died really young. Um, he was 52. And my mom had seven kids. And her faith, her humor got us through it. And so I think that was just something I I saw how powerful it was when my siblings would make my mom or dad laugh. And, and then you just start to see like, oh, you know, I want a little bit of that magic. Mm-hmm. Um, and even watching my parents watch TV, which I've told the story a million times that when I would see them watch like a show like the Andy Griffith show or the Mary Tyler Moore show or All in the Family and see them or Carol Burnett. And and just the calmness and the escape and the humor and the joy. It's you know you're looking at the TV, you're looking at your parents like this is magic. This is better than any medicine. Yeah, this is lighting them up in a way that I have, don't see in the day to day. Right? It just is. Right. And I to, to see that. You know, I volunteered in a hospital as a candy striper, and I got in the local newspaper because I had the most volunteer hours. And I loved being with the patients. I loved hearing their stories. I loved talking to them. Um, I loved sharing my life with that. It, it was so such a big part of my life that my dad's like, "Oh, you got to go to nursing school. Um, you know, you're a natural." And <laughs> yeah, it was a calling. Did, it was a calling, right? And it still is. It's still you mm-hmm. know, fully left. 
Who was at Second City when you started there or during your time there? Because, I mean, the people that have come out of there are just, it's unreal. Right? I mean, I was so lucky. And I was a fan. I mean, I was going there all the time as a young person. And um, and then they had this audition. There was one position available for, uh, uh, you know, they only had at the time two women in every cast and I think four or five guys. Uh, <laughs> Wait, so, so, so you get, you find out about this audition mm-hmm. and, so, and someone said, you got to do this, or you were like, I'm going to do this. And what did you prepare? What was the, what was the process? You just... You don't really, you can't prepare anything. You get on stage and they just start asking you questions. <laughs> oh um, my gosh. That's, that's it. They don't want you to do anything. They don't want you to come in with. You have to be sharp. Or, what, David? You have to be sharp, right? That's what they're looking for. Yeah, that was the thing. And I, I do remember like the first question they asked me is what makes you think you can, you're an improviser, a good improviser. And, and I said, um, well, I'm from a big uh, Irish, Polish, Catholic family. And, you know, every Sunday morning, my mom was like, happy family, take one. And we'd leave that house and we'd go and <laughs> our, we're happy and everything's fine. And, you know, you learn to be, um, you know, when one of the uncles was uh, intoxicated, it was like, he has an inner ear infection. You know, we, <laughs> there was always some way to make everything look okay. To think on your toes, right? <laughs> yeah, you start, He's not in a blackout. His ear is, is bothering. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why did he park the car up on the curb? He has an ear infection. <laughs> Inner ear infection, of yeah. course. <laughs> There's always something. We always had stories for everything fast. And uh, so that's, I remember that. But it was like 200 girls showed up, over 200, and there was one spot available. So we had to go come back every week, and they kept eliminating people. So 200 girls for one spot? It was over 200, I remember. Oh. And they just there- kept weeding them out. And, and I just did it. Just because it, I loved being at the theater, I was there every night. I would watch the improv sets were free, so I would go for the improv set, and I, I admired everybody in the cast. It was Richard Kind, Dan Castellaneta, Mike Haggerty, um, the great late Jim Fay, um, Isabella Hoffman. They're just it was oh, wow. uh, it was the best, and and they were the best, and I just was in awe of them. So I was really, and then I was hired as the alternate. They hired another girl as, to get the spot and they hired me as the alternate. And then she started rehearsing with them and she wasn't really getting the scenes. And the director called me and said, how well do you know the show? And I said, I know it in my sleep. He's like, can you do it tonight in like three hours? I said, yes. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. So it was one of those showbiz moments, you know, like I was at the drugstore <laughs> and the lead had twisted their ankle, you know, I was like, I'll go in. And you just say yes without even missing a beat, right? This is right. an opportunity. I'm doing it. Come hell or high water. Next woman up. Let's yeah, go. Pretty great. Pretty great. Very, very lucky. Oh, my gosh. So that was how long then in Second City? And that was while you were still nursing? Yeah, I, yeah. I was in the touring company first for a very short time, like four weeks before they this phone call came to put me on main stage. Um and during that time, I took a leave from the hospital, but I was calling in every day. And then uh, when I got on main stage, I was able to, I started working at the VA hospital. Um, and I left Northwestern at that point and worked at the VA. And yeah, I worked, it was at Second City three and a half years and did both for a long time. In fact, when, my, when I did my first TV series, when I got my first TV series, when it was canceled on NBC, I went back to Chicago, went back to my nursing job. Thinking, okay, that was, you know, great. But I did was, Rain Man. 
I got Rain Man during one of my lunch hour auditions from the hospital. I ran to this cattle call. And okay. Your first <laughs> acting job was yeah. Rain Man? Yes. <laughs> no, Richard Kind was in the cast with me and I, I didn't have money to join the union. It was, I think it was like $2,000 or something. And he said, I'll give it to you, but you'll have to pay me back in one lump sum. <laughs> so, well, can I give him $50 at a time? No, I want one lump sum. But Richard saved me a few times. He loaned me that money. And then I ended up, we were roommates when I first came to LA. So it was a whole I had period. no idea. Richard yeah. was one of the first people I met when I moved to LA. David, it was when you, David was on the TV show Blossom. And I right. was a guest star on that show. And Richard was shooting, was it, was Richard on Herman's Head? Or was oh, he? Oh, yes. He, it Richard was, and George did a pilot for called the Bennett Brothers. That's what it was. But Hank Azaria was on her like it was all these people were shooting on the same lot and I remember yes yes and my my friend at the time was very close with Richard and Hank and I just remember meeting all of these funny guys yeah like I was in LA for I think two months or something and so Richard I mean I just felt I just feel like I they are my people still right right because we were all out here unknown trying to make it um, yeah, I officially moved in 1990. Okay. And, you know, it's just, I, I just thought, I thought I came out here for six months. I gave myself six months and I have to go back to my nursing job. You know? But I had a great patient that said to me, because I, I used to bring the whole cast from Second City to the hospital, you know, and we would do the show there for my, uh, on my, on my floor. And um, one of my patients, Rudy Dabriovich said, when are you going to go, you know, chase your dreams in Hollywood? I said, Rudy, I can't do that. I'm too, I'm, I was in my late twenties, you know, I'm like, I can't, it's too late, you know? And then I'd fail and I have to come back and that would be, and he's like, take my hand and look me in the eye. And I said, okay. And he said, um, you know, he's facing the end of his life. And he said, uh, the biggest regret of my life is that I feared failure. So look me in the eye and shake my hand and tell me that, when I'm gone, you'll go to California and you'll fail many times. He goes, do we have a deal? And I said, yes, we have a deal. So, um, yeah, a, a really big, you know, he gave me all of that perspective. That's, so, yeah. what That's a I failed many times. Wow. <laughs> I failed many times. I fulfilled the promise. You fulfilled it's- the promise. Oh, my gosh. You would bring the cast of Second City into the hospital cancer unit to perform? Yes. Mike Myers, uh, Richard, um, oh Joe Murray. Yeah, we would, we, they, you know, whoever would say yes. And everybody always said yes. Yeah. How could you say no? Yeah. I didn't even know that was allowed. I, neither was bringing in a VCR with videotapes. I did that as well. <laughs> I with my whole life. I was single. I had a little apartment near the hospital and it was my whole life the the patients were my whole life and they gave me such meaning you know it's a selfish fulfillment because when somebody smiles when you walk in the room or they're comforted by your presence it's it's powerful and you know it's yeah it's definitely become something that you um love to feel yeah being of service in that way with nothing i mean it, when the expectation of return is that maybe you get a a smile or I mean, it's, it's so it's so simple. It's so human. It's just a, a sort of fundamental human right. co- connection. Um, oh, I remember one time they were shooting nothing in common with Tom Hanks and Jackie Gleason at the hospital. 
my patient's like, oh gosh, you have to go get pictures. You have to go down there. So I walked to, I ran down on my break and saw Jackie Gleason. He was in the wheelchair. And this is the scene where Tom Hanks is going to push him down this hallway in the wheelchair. Um, And I walk over to (laughs) Jackie Gleason. Well, he actually saw me and I was standing there in a lab coat and he went like this because I was standing kind of near his eyeline, but trying, I didn't know what an eyeline was. I didn't know what it was. I just saw a camera and lights and a movie. And I was like, oh, I get to see how movies made. And he said, are you in this scene? And I said, no, um, I, I'm a, a nerd. But I'm an actor, too. <laughs> I remember this conversation with Jake Gleaser. I'm like, I'm yeah. at Second City at night. And he said, and I think we were dark on Mondays. And he said, oh, I'm going to be at the Maroon Raccoon, this jazz club. And I said, yeah, I know it. And, and, you know, Jackie Gleason was so, everything. He was the Honeymooners, you know. He was the Jackie Gleason show. Um, and he was just so amazing. And he's the great one. And and he loved music and arranged music without even reading it, you know. And so I went to see him at that club that night. And it was a big deal. So when I was telling my patients about it. One of my patients said, did you meet Tom Hanks? I'm like, no, the guy from Bosom Buddies. No, I said, I saw him. <laughs> I buddies. saw him. And I, but I did. I said, I already felt bad enough that I had walked like into the bubble of where they were shooting. And I like got back to the floor and told them the whole story. And one of my patients, oh, someday you'll, you know, do a movie with Tom Hanks. And then, you know, I ended up playing Tom's wife in the Green Mile, you know, all those years later. And so Full circle, crazy. yeah. You know, we don't know about our path or why we're nudged in certain directions in life. But sometimes, you know, you look back and you go, oh, wow, that's pretty cool. <laughs> well, and for, for, for you, it so many it was the your patience giving you this sort of courage and giving you this this sort of big 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 life advice um it's, yeah. it's and, so, and so my beautiful mom was a, my mom was a life advice person you know she was mm-hmm. always giving us this gold like this she was always kind and funny but had expectations of us and you know rules and all that stuff but She'd always say to me, and especially when I was writing my last, this last series I did for Apple, Amber Brown, she said, always remind, remember, Bonnie, the ripple effect, you know, everything you put out into the universe has a ripple effect. So be mindful of that. So I've always kind of carried that with me. And sometimes, you know, you just go, oh, I worry so much about that all the time, but it does make a difference. And it kind of, it kind of gives you these bumpers on either side of you that keep you on a night. It's been nice. I've been very lucky and been able to be a storyteller from my heart. And it's, it's so fulfilling when you connect with people and it's not about the success. You know, I write, I write for connection and it's always served me well. Yeah. That's a powerful message though. What you put out in the world comes back to you. I always talk to my kids about that. Even if it's, you know, if you smile and say good morning to someone, it's, it's a it's a ripple effect, right? Or if you slam your horn and curse at somebody, it's yeah, a ripple it's, effect, and you have no idea how far that goes. Right. Yeah, yeah. and I think too. Message. Like I have, a, I our son is a really sensitive kid, and he's a teenage boy, you know, and he's got mm-hmm. this really sensitive side, and he is. It, it's a really interesting. Um, 
because he, he loves to put out, he's like, oh no, I, I got such a funny, like I, he'll tell me a story about getting into the elevator with it. Now as seniors, they're allowed to ride the elevator and that's the big sort oh, of thing well, the seniors yeah. get to do. The <laughs> one year they get to ride the elevator, but he kind of, he, he's like, but the other thing is the teachers are in the elevator sometimes. So it's not that great because <laughs> you have to kind of socialize yeah. with the teachers, but he will come back and, and, and tell me a story about, you know, making a teacher laugh or something. And he's not a, like a clown or a jokester in that way, but he'll crack a joke and he'll just say, oh, I could tell I got a really good laugh. Like that just made me feel so good. And it's just that, and, yeah. but this, and, and on the flip side of it, he'll say, yeah, I said hi to so-and-so and they just kind of shrugged it off. And he's so, you know, he, he, it's so, he's so sensitive about it. So I do think that it's always, if, if you know your intention is putting it out there so that, you know, it, it, it'll and it come comes back. back I don't to know. You. That it does come back. does come back to you. Yeah. yeah, and you do it with sincerity and you keep a sense of humor of, about the days when you don't have the goodness, you know, it's like mm-hmm. there's days where you just go, oh, was I kind of a jerk today or whatever. Right, but at least you're mindful of it, right? Some people don't even give it a thought. Well, it depends on what family you're from. My family, very quick to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, you know, they, bring, they bring you down to earth. I don't want to skip over anything. And Christine, <laughs> I, 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 please take me back if I do, but just the, the working with Tom Cruise in your first film and then Jerry Maguire, because my gosh, that is one of my, one of my all time favorite films and probably most people's and you were so amazing in it. Oh, thanks. Did you guys know each other through those years or did it was like a re a reconnect? No, we did. I mean, that was my, that's the movie I got on my lunch hour at the hospital. I love that. You said all these pictures next to their beds of me and Tom Cruise and Dustin Hoffman. You know, I put them in little frames and it was such a big deal. What was that first, before you even get into that too, you say that you got it at your lunch hour and it was a cattle call. Did you, did, were they putting you on tape? Was Barry Levinson in town? What, how did that work? No, it wasn't. Barry wasn't there, but he was looking at tapes. But I remember I didn't know what auditions were. I mean, I was auditioning constantly. I never, till this day, I don't think I've ever gotten a part based on an audition except Rayman. All the other movies were, it was never because of an audition. I'm a terrible auditioner. I'm terrible. And I, I love to act. I love to be the ball. Put me in the scene. No problem. I don't, you don't want you to see any seams. Just let me be the person. But when it comes to auditioning, there's something so insincere about it. that I like, Exactly. I want to start laughing. I want to go, this is ridiculous. It's <laughs> almost its own skill set, right? It has nothing, it, it almost has nothing to do with the job. It has nothing. It's just yep. about being able to, in this sort of small bubble, create something that's completely manufactured, right? And, right. and the I, pantomime. I mean, I'm driving. <laughs> well, yes. Oh, I'm <laughs> and how do you stand out? But yeah, okay. So, so you you had no idea what an audition even was. No, that, and, right? and when you say it has nothing to do the part, till this day, as a director or executive producer, I never audition anybody. I just meet with actors. Oh, can't do it to them. God bless you. Seriously. And sometimes they're like, "Please let me read," and then I'll say, "Okay." But for the most <laughs> right. part, I'm like, "Just don't," because I can't do it. Um, but. Yeah, I went in and I remember there was a box of Kleenexes like on the side table. So right before they put the t- the tape on to run the tape for me to do like two lines, I grabbed a Kleenex out of the box and put it on my head so it looked like a waitress's cap. <laughs> like a cap. <laughs> so ridiculous. Wait, you um, played the waitress where the, the toothpicks I dropped? I dropped the toothpicks, yeah. And oh, my God. I mean, 
and he, 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 he knows how many toothpicks are on the yes. That is such yes. a powerful scene. And they kept showing it on the Academy Awards that year. It was like, oh, my gosh. That clip they kept showing. And I was like, I've made it to the Academy Awards. I'm done. I've got my videotape for the nursing home for myself. Show my my children, my grandkids, which I've never had. Um, (laughs) I had all these big plans for that one little part that I had. I just figured that was it. That was all I would ever do. And Tom Cruise figures out that he's missing a few, that he's off. And you say there's... Three left There's in the four box. Left or, in the box. Or, yeah. yeah. Oh my they, god. The, the only scene written at the time, because it was a, I think it was at the end of the writer's strike when we were filming, and um, the only scene was that he recognizes my name tag and knows the phone number. So Tom Cruise has realized how did my brother memorize a phone book? But at some point, Barry Levinson's like, I don't know if that's enough for the audience to really get that he has this ability to count and. Uh, you know, this, the, the blessings of autism where you have this really special skill. And so on the set, it was like, mm, you know, you could drop something. And then it just became dropping the toothpicks. And so that was just on the fly. <laughs> I, I don't know if it was in a prior version of the draft because it was a very, you know, it was the writer strike. So nobody was writing. Right. It was right. kind yeah. of like a thought. And yeah, it was great. So you get into that scene and and as the first bit, I mean, you've been doing Second City with extremely talented people, but these are full-fledged movie stars. And I don't know that the scene is just Dustin Hoffman and Tom Cruise till I get there. Oh, no. No. <laughs> you guys. And, and then Barry Levinson says, I, we do one take. And he says, oh, hold on. He goes, you got to hit your mark. And I said, oh, you know, of course. And I didn't know what a mark was. <laughs> So I walked back in again and he yells, cut, he goes, hit, hit your mark. And I said, okay, okay, okay. And I walked back and I'm, I'm literally feel like I'm in a faint. I'm like, what's a mark? What's a mark? I don't know what a mark is. And I thought, oh, on your mark, get set, go. He means when he says action, you run in. Okay. On your mark, get set, <laughs> No. And that's, that's all I could think of. That and jump rope, uh, you know, analogies. I, I didn't know. I was just like, you know, to jump in. So he, he says action. And I run and he goes, cut. He goes, what, 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 are you, what are you, what's the hurry? I go, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit my mark. You know, I'm trying to get the lingo down. And he goes, let's go again. And he's thinking, what the heck? And I, I walk back and there's a guy, people smoked on the set. He's like sitting on an apple box that's on its side. Some crew guy, God bless him. And I looked at him and I go, excuse me, sir. He goes, yeah, I go, what's, what's hit mark, hit mark mean? What does it mean? And he goes, piece of tape, is that piece of tape? I said, he goes, step on it. <laughs> that's how you learn. Oh my God. I made love to that man after that day of shooting. <laughs> I was like- so grateful. And then oh, I oh, that story is incredible. I mean, the I, I was running only- past the camera. I oh. was, I was probably my head was cut off. I mean, <laughs> it was. Just, and every time I see Barry Levinson, well, <laughs> just love him so much. I mean, he got me into the union and and gave me that that sweet that sweet role. It's 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right. So you, you have your day. If that, I assume it was a day of on Rain Man. Yeah, I think it was two days. Yeah, two days. Okay. I don't remember. It just—I was there. I was in Cincinnati for three or three days. If the movie comes out. You're all over the Oscars. <laughs> You've made it. That's it. That's it. I'm happy. And That's so, it. what then? What came next? And 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 to David's question too with Jerry Maguire, since there was it, this was not Tom Cruise calling you and saying I want you to be in Jerry Maguire. Was that oh. another audition? Was that well? You said that you, you didn't audition. Was that you talking to Cameron? I think it was Robin Williams was Jerry Maguire then. Tom Hanks was Jerry Maguire for a while. Um, Robin Williams. I had no idea. Jerry Maguire. I'm pretty oh my sure, God. if my memory serves me, uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure, and. Uh, and then when it was Tom Cruise, I remember Cameron. Either I went in, and you know who was the reader at for the all the Tom Cruise 
dialogue off camera when people were coming in to read and audition was Owen Wilson. Okay. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> no. That big. Yeah. That is such a fun fact that why is that not circulated more? I have well, never I heard, heard that story. In working with Jim Brooks because he's doing Bottle Rocket or something and right. producing Jerry Maguire. Um, but yeah, so anyway, I ended up, I think when wow. Cameron said, you know, would you play the sister, which was a pretty small role in the script. And I think a couple of actresses had turned it down thinking it was too small of a role. Um, and I was pretty heartbroken about thinking that maybe I would finally be the lead girl. Um, uh, but I loved the story. So I said, well, yeah, I love the story. I, you know, I want to be a part of it. Uh, and then when we're sh shooting the film, it was like, do you want to be in the kitchen scene tomorrow? Um, why don't you, it, it, a lot of stuff was improvised. I Me, mean, there's scenes where I'm looking out the window and she's getting in the car. We all did that afterwards. I was, you know, I was like, yeah, I can just, you know, they would just roll and, and I would do what I, what Cameron was kind enough to let me do. Um, so there's a lot of improvisation in that movie. Like, you can, you know, yeah, don't cry I, at the end of the day, cry at the, uh, don't cry at the beginning of the day, cry at the end like I do. Uh, oh my my gosh. Is, yeah. The classics, the classics. Yeah. And the but sister, I, the sister relationship. I, I mean, it, yeah. it's, it was a major part of the movie, how you cared for each other, you know? Yeah, but you have to have that gift of the director, writer-director who lets you, gives you a take. You know, I mm -hmm. always do as scripted, of course, but then I'll say, oh, you know, they'll say, you want one? And I'm like, yeah. And then oh, when that's so great. The movie, you're so thrilled. Yeah, you are so special in that movie. I mean, I don't, I, you, of course, Jerry Maguire's Renee and Tom, but you, there's no Jerry Maguire to me without you in that, in that film. Like that, you are the heart and soul of that film and, and the anchor of, you know, of her, the, the the family that cares about her that doesn't the want first her to call me an anchor. Oh, stop! Um, so okay, so that and that so that sounds like that was such a fulfilling experience, and that you really got to play. You have a lot of sort of like classic classics that throughout yeah, the 90s and the, and the 2000s. Beethoven was, Be I was 29 and Charles Grodin was 58. Oh. And you were married. That's funny. Yes. And the girl that played my daughter, I would have had her when I was like 14. <laughs> but, but it was Who Charles cares? Grodin. You know, it was meeting Charles Grodin. And the greatest. I was supposed to play the Patricia Heaton role, which Patricia Heaton, David Duchovny were the annoying yuppie couple. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that's the role that they originally hired me for. And then I said something to Ivan Reitman in one of the meetings, like, oh, you should, you know, you might want to make the mom a little smarter. And he's like, excuse me? <laughs> I'm like, oh, you know, I have some ideas if you want them, you know. And so they brought me in and I was writing with this other writer who I saw years later at a dinner party. He said, boy, that was the fastest 500 grand I ever made. And I thought... I wasn't paying anything. I was just coming in, you know, uh, I was thrilled to be included to see the process. But then I started improvising with Charles Grodin just to practice some work on some scenes that they were rewriting. And that's when um, Ivan Reitman's like, you know, maybe she should be the mom. And I was like, I can't be the mom. My mom, my mom and dad came home from the heartbreak kid when I was, uh, you know, 10, nine or 10. And I remember them talking about Charles Grodin. I can't, be his, I can't be his wife. Yeah. <laughs> but the funny win the funny wins out, right? People will suspend the disbelief of the age 
if it's if it if it's working comedically and story wise, right? Yeah, I think, I think so. I think and maybe it was you know Ivan's way of paying me for you know bringing material into the film. I I, I don't know. It was just so nice, and Charles Grodin was a friend and hilarious and funny and I had sold my first sitcom shortly after that and he would come to the tapings and be kind of in the background in the shadow and then would call me afterwards to tell me what he thought was worked and what didn't and he really believed in me and um, I still have notes that he wrote me Uh, just there was so much respect and you know that was huge for me that's huge when people believe in you you never forget the kindness there's so many hard moments in show business where you feel so rejected and misunderstood and um, frustrated and cheated out of stuff, but mm-hmm. then you know it's so far outweighed by these this kindness that comes uh, along, and so that was a big deal. That was and and only you when I got to go to Italy because remember Norman Jewison saying to me, "You know how Italy is." I said, "Italy? I've only been to Wisconsin. I mean, <laughs> I had never traveled anywhere, so that was huge." Yeah, the opportunities. Junior and Marissa Tomei and I in Italy for four months, you know. Oh, my gosh. That's like dream job. I've been jokes that, you know, when his mom, uh, I think I think he talked, he tells a story about wanting to go like backpacking after, you know, did UCLA for almost a year and then wanted to just come and like make films where he was like, I think I'm going to go backpacking. And and he tells this famous story of of Van Mira, his his mom (laughs) saying, what? Get a, get cast in something in Europe. Why go backpacking? Get, get a job. <laughs> That's the way to do it. Of course, she's a genius. Was a genius, and that is so true. Because I never saw Europe the same again. If I weren't, I mean, when I wrote and directed Return to Me, this movie I did in Chicago and Italy with uh, David Duchovny and Minnie Driver, I wrote the scenes in Italy on purpose because I said I have to go back with the movie because it was the best experience. <laughs> of course, you have to do it that way, right? You get too spoiled. And you oh. think about Ben doing that variety show, like that was all, I just remember, I met Ben in Chicago when I was at Second City and thought he was funny and charming, had no idea who his pa- folks were, um, and of course grew up loving them, um, respecting them, uh, you know, they were in Chicago, too, in the in the 50s and like mm-hmm. 60s. And Ben was at the forefront. Remember that show? <laughs> yeah, I mean, the so Ben Stiller great. show. Yeah. Yes. I mean, come on. And he and I think- do videos all the time. He and Jeff Kahn, they would do these videos that we would just watch. They were like exactly yes. yes. Well, well, I think also Chicago was where he started, um, where he where he did made Elvis stories, which was one of the first videos that sort of helped launch the Ben Stiller show. But he talks about that whole Chicago crew, and yeah, he, he did it. He did oh, it. Oh, it's such a small world. Um, so, so after was it? At what point did everything shift for you in and was it Jerry Maguire where where then you just started sort of getting offered things or or you started sort of like saying I I'm going to write my own stuff now and because I'm still you, waiting you, for that to happen. <laughs> <laughs> Amen to that. Yeah. But but really truly there's those moments where you sort of Hey, this is the, and then just opportunities change and shift. And at the, that was a period of time in movies. Like I'm looking at where you, you were in sort of hit after hit. And by the way, we haven't even gotten to your 
voiceover work, like you were the voice in our household in cars, Sally, I will like, I mean, I've heard all the all of the Pixar movies. I mean, you have it was just sort of nonstop work. Yeah, I think when I started writing for myself was after I did a series. I was I did a series called Grand with Michael McKeon and Pamela Reed. This was NBC. It was Carsey Warner. They had Cosby on the air, Roseanne. And it was a really funny show. Um, when I went into audition, the script wasn't completed, but they told me about the characters. And they said, we don't have an actual scene for your character um, we have these other characters. And I said, well, I can, the character you described to me, I can play her in a scene with the other characters. And they said, well, those, those actors aren't here. I said, well, I could do all three characters if you give me three chairs. <laughs> and, uh, but, but I believe me, if they had scripted material and I auditioned, they never would have hired me <laughs> because I'm so bad at auditioning. So they, they put three folding chairs in this little office at uh, um, Bradford. And I, kept moving from chair to chair and I did the scene between these three main characters on the on the series and uh that's how I got that job so I was really lucky but then when that show was going to be canceled there was a show called Davis Rules with Jonathan Winters and Randy Quaid and then there was Designing Women and Delta Burke was leaving so Designing Women comes to me and offers me Designing Women at more money than I made in a year as a nurse I would make in one week oh my gosh and uh but the show, it wasn't the same as, and I got an offer for half that amount of money to be with Jonathan Winters and Audrey Meadows as my parents on the show, Davis Rules. And my agent actually, I'm pretty sure that's when they dropped me when I turned down the Designing Women because Designing Women offered me the cover, I'd be on the cover of TV Guide, I would be able to go to the Emmys and present at the Emmys. And, you know, I hadn't done anything except this one little show. But it just wasn't my, I, I enjoyed designing women. I was a fan, but I was, it wasn't, I just saw Jonathan Winters and Audrey Meadows. I, I have to do that show. Um, and I'm so glad I did. I'm so glad I did. And it was a big deal at the time that I said no to designing women. And uh, yeah, people were very disappointed in me. And then I remember feeling really sad, like I had made a horrible mistake. But Jonathan Winters and Audrey Meadows, my friends till the day they died, guidance, support, love, humor. Wow. You know, Audrey saying after a taping, let's go out for a highball. You know, she wanted to go over an old fashioned or a Manhattan, or she always wanted her drink. Audrey Meadows coming back to the Jackie Gleason beginning. I, I, your, I mean, yeah, but that and, takes and a lot of winters, you know, that takes I mean, a lot, lot of guts to turn down it, that, that to turn down that kind of money and the promise to be an Emmy presenter and tv guide cover and the lead the lead the you know what i mean filling the shoes i mean i think that's the other thing too is you sort <clears> of <throat> knowing deep down inside like design like this delta burke that was sort of her she created that so how do i step into this and, and make right. it the other thing was the offer at carsey warner was they offered me the jonathan winter that this show because jonathan was not sticking to the script and it was making the record the tapings go longer and longer so they said we would like to hire you for this purpose and i said what's the purpose they go when we're going to put you in scenes with jonathan and when he goes off script you <laughs> improvise and bring him back to the story wow said, so yeah. <laughs> oh yeah i mean that's, <laughs> that's right in my wheelhouse yes i'm like so it yeah that was and it was and he loved me for it and I loved him because I got to bring my own personality my version of this character she was kind of like 
she was a tough broad um, compared to what I played on Grand, which was this wealthy, very feminine, sweet lady. Uh, but it was a joy, and it was it was a challenge. <laughs> it was a challenge every day, being, and I loved it. I mean, he would throw that ball in the air, and you know, he would go <laughs> off on a tangent, and I was able just to just starting to juggle. You just had yeah. to juggle it. And Your second city training, the best it served you well. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. I mean, Second City training, it trained you for everything. I mean, when I first got out of nursing school, I worked two years in a trauma center um, and as a nurse. And, you know, I just remember taking those classes at night at Viola Spolin workshop. Um, it was her studio. She wasn't there. I think she was long gone at that time, not, not teaching anymore. But, um, yeah, it makes you think fast on your feet. It helps you and everything. And then you... So, so, you know, this was all 90s and then you go into the, the 2000s and cheaper by the dozen and that, you know, working with, I mean, I look at the, the people you've worked with. I mean, comedy legends. I mean, the, the, I've been so lucky. Tom Hanks, Robin Williams, Steve Martin, Dan Aykroyd. Um, not to mention the directors, who the the directors that you, oh gosh, I mean, I mean, Sidney Pollack, you know, I remember him grabbing me by the shoulders when I thought I was having a bad day. And he's like, no, on your worst day, it's not a bad day. And I played that over my head for so long when I felt so down because I kept losing. I just kept not getting parts. I just was a terrible auditioner. But then I would be so lucky to like somebody like Sidney Pollack to, to, to believe in me and let me be on the set with him. And um, what movie was that? That he directed. Random Hearts, Harrison Ford, Christine. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, my gosh. One of the greatest. Yeah. And, a great, and a great actor, too. Oh, but he was everything that I strived for because he would fix it in the moment, run it on the fly, always appreciate your humor. I remember there was one scene where I was supposed to be crying and upset, and I get myself to tears, and I'm doing the scene, and we're shooting in New York in a restaurant, and a semi went by, and it was like, rrr, rrr, this loud horn, and I said, <laughs> There's my ride. And I got up and walked out of the scene. And oh, that's the whole end of the take. But Sydney would play it on the set, you know, the play, video playback, just to laugh. He's like, I can't believe you just did that. I, but, you know. And those are the directors you, you said you love when they let you play a little bit. They, right. That's where you were your best. You respect the material and you do it as written because I'm a right. writer and I never want to let a writer down either, you know. But, but it's really fun when you can explore a heightened. Uh, a character. And, and when I did my first show, Christine, after I did Davis Rules, and I, the frustrating thing was watching Davis Rules and seeing Jonathan Winters improvise comedy gold. And then you'd see the show air and I would see half the stuff was edited out. Oh, and it would break my heart. So then I started to see there's this balance between scripted material, all of a sudden not looking as shiny and as bright compared to this man's mind. So mm. they couldn't balance it. So I thought, okay, I got to write a show where I hire actors from Second City and I script the show, but they have freedom. And we go through the show straight, no retakes, and the audience is there in real time. And I choreograph it so that the audience comes in and we're done in an hour. And that's when I wrote and produced The Building, um, which I wrote the show, sold the show to CBS, got a 13 episode commitment, shot the pilot. And then they said, well, you have to get a, you have to get somebody to produce the show with you. I said, well, I just did it. I just did the whole thing. Um, and that's when I sent the tape to Letterman and said, you know, 
And he goes, well, I don't know. I don't know how to produce it. I don't know what to do. Said, I'll put my name on it. I love it. I think it's great. And I said, yeah, that's all you need to do. Put your name on it. And then that's I need to go back to CBS and say, I got a partner. And he's like, okay, fine. Had you done Letterman a bunch of times? And w- yeah. were you, t- were you, okay. So yeah. you were friendly and you, I mean, he, to me, he's still the best of the best in that world. He was my all-time favorite. Yeah, yeah I mean, but just him putting his name on it allowed you to just do the show that you were doing anyway. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's the show so was already sold. It was already in place that I would do these 13 episodes, but they wanted me to have a producing partner. Was, yeah. At the time, I was the first, not only the first woman, but the first person, which Bob Wright, who worked at CBS, told me. Nobody has ever done this. And he said, that's why they're having a hard time with it. I said, done what? He said, nobody's ever written and starred in their own television series. It's never happened. I said, well, Carl Reiner did it. The Dick Van Dyke show goes, no, Carl Reiner wrote himself as the lead. They shot the pilot with him as a lead. And they said, no, no, you can't do both. So they hired Dick Van Dyke, reshot the pilot, and Carl played an ancillary character. Mm. Um, And so he said, they're just... They, you can't do this. So I had to go to the Directors Guild and a big meeting and they were all around this table and I had to tell them how I could do it. And then I just said, I ran an emergency room. You know, I can run a set. <laughs> and then I used Sidney Pollack as an example that he was writing and directing and being in scenes. And um, so finally, uh, they they let me do it. But I, I, was the, yeah, I was the first person to do that, but I had no clue that I was. And then that's when it became a big deal. And I had to go to all the unions and explain how I was going to pull this off. And um, and then eventually right. with Life with Bonnie, I was able to write 44 episodes and direct 43. Oh, my gosh. Wait, I you, mean, you, were you wrote, ex- directed, and starred in Life with Bonnie? Yes. That's unreal. That's a lot of work. I wrote John Lake and I wrote together the series and I executive produced and directed. I directed 43 of the 44 episodes. And we were nominated for Emmys and we had, we had, you know, we had so much fun. It's just, we did great shows. I'm so proud of all of our work because I it was always the team. It was the team. Everybody brought their best. I, I would always ask my crew, is this funny? And the camera guy, I think it's funny if she does this. I'm like, that's perfect. You know, our set was open and the crew was a part of it. The energy of the crew is everything. Well, that's, that is always your best audience. I mean, that's when you know you're reaching, especially when they're there for hour after and they're, you're still getting the laughs and then you know you're doing something right. And for you, like, you're so egoless. I mean, that's what's so amazing. I think yeah. it's well, just sort of. People would say I wanted to be in control. And, the and, you know, I was always, oh, she wants to be in control. She wants to do everything. She wants to do craft service. She wants to write and direct and act. I wanted to see my shows all the way through because I wanted to allow the freedom on the set. Right. You know, where there's talent, there's not that fear. And when there's that fear and control, there's usually questionable <laughs> ability because you're afraid of it. And Right. And right. also to know, you know, just from personal experience of seeing what they did with Jonathan is that you know that by having this control that it will be the, the the golds, the gems, all of those things are not going to get edited out. That's where all the good stuff is. And that's mm-hmm. going to get to stay in the finished yes. product. When Davis Rules, which was a show I did with Audrey Meadows and Jonathan Winters, when that was canceled, I remember thinking, oh, if I could just go into that editing room, if I could just go in there. And there's you guys, there was so much gold. Jonathan was hilarious. The audience 
And then they'd stop laughing, basically, when we would go back to the script. Not that the scripted material wasn't good. It was of quality. But right. it, in comparison to the so, <laughs> but, actually nominated, go ahead. He was no, nominated for an Emmy for Life with Bonnie, Jonathan. I brought him on and I um, wrote nothing except came up with like five different books by different authors. And we gave him the role of uh, an author with a pers- uh, multiple personality disorder. So he had five books out under five different names, but he didn't know the books until he came <laughs> out and sat down. And I would hand him a book. I go, tell us about this one. And the whole scene is improvised from start to finish. And Jonathan was nominated for an Emmy and he was oh, that's so genius. older then and he was so happy. He was so happy because it was many years later that I did that series and I'm able to bring him back. But David, I cut you off. No, that's fascinating. So many comedians say that Jonathan Winters was their inspiration and one of the greats. But I love that, you know, maybe the writers were precious or maybe they were threatened that they weren't writing material at, at at the level that he's performing. And then you said on your show, if a grip gave you an idea, you took it. And well, that, I love and, that. And I'd also put the crew in the show. Like if somebody was really funny on the crew, I'm like, <laughs> I have to write this guy in. <laughs> it was so fun. So, and the same thing with my talk show, you know, I was including the crew all the time and I was always getting called by the studio saying, stop talking to the cameraman, stop <laughs> You know, so the audience likes him. You know, he's, we don't want to ruin the illusion that this that there's anybody behind the scenes. No, I but mean, that's good stuff. It's the best. Yeah, it is. It's so fun. So fun. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, 
Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cash back on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. So today, because you do it all, I mean, you literally do it all. And you remind me, and I'm going to say it, and this is probably why I love you so much, is you remind me so much of Ben. Like, you do it all. <laughs> and you do it all so beautifully. And I, I so what is, what is next? Because do you want to direct more? Do you, you know, I know you don't want to audition, and I'm with you there. Oh, yeah. No, I don't <laughs> mind. I'll go into any meeting. And if somebody really wants to see me read a scene, I'm happy to do it. I don't say I won't do that. I've never said that. I'm kind of like, oh, yeah, I'm lucky if somebody is even interested in me. That's how I still feel always. I always feel that way. Yeah. Uh, do I wish I got some of the roles that I see other women getting till this day? Yeah, it's still kind of, you know, twinges your heart a little they bit. They sting. It stings. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Christine, you get it. I so get are, it. I, that's I you know, that's so what we talked it. about that night. Like, I would hire you in a New York minute. It was so. That's why when I sit next to you, I'm like, oh, I hope I can call Christine and say, here, do this because um, you're so talented. But it's it's easy to get lost in the shuffle. Uh, for me, I love being a storyteller and I love being parts uh, part of good stories. That's what I look forward to. But I don't know what's next. I took a lot of time off after my talk show because I had a brother-in-law who had gotten a brain tumor uh, during that show. And so I moved in with my sister um, and my brother-in-law to be his uh, you know, full-time caregiver through his journey back to uh, mostly his former self. Um, and we're you know blessed that he's a survivor, but it's, you know, it, it takes years. So yeah. years went by and I was home in Chicago. Um, uh, and it, it, it's good because it, well, you know, it's always a gift. It's always a gift when people let you in and you can care for them. Uh, so at that time off, I remember, and then somebody else in my family got sick and I was like, you know, what do I do? And then I just said to my agent, oh, I can't do anything right now. And then I didn't start, I didn't keep saying somebody was sick. I just kind of said no to stuff. And then I thought, are they mad at me? Cause I'm saying no, but I don't. I don't want to not be available. So I don't want to say somebody's sick because I'm afraid they won't call me anymore. All the stuff that actors go through, you know, sure. you, you want to be a team player, you want to cooperate, but you want to have some control. And um, I was listening to one of your shows. I listened to one of your shows and he was on Scandal and he had to do some scene. Do you know who I'm talking about? Oh, Dan, Dan Bukatinsky. Yes, yes. Yeah. yes. And Dan said, you know, it was really hard for me. I... You know, I want an actor on my set to say, you know, and I, and I even on my talk show, when people leave the show, because we were live to tape, I'd say, I have a couple minutes if there's something you want me to take out or, you know, I just wanted people to leave feeling okay and good. Safe, and, protected. Yes, because bad. you can still, you when you are at the very top of your game and you are respectful, 
and you are truly funny without shocking, uh, embarrassing someone else at the mercy of someone else, you know, at the, at the uh, deprecation of someone else. That's when I feel it's true genius. You know, that's when I go, Oh man, that is good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I, I just, that, that I want that comfort on a set too. That's something that I, I can say, you know, that doesn't feel quite right to me. My first sitcom, I remember they wrote this joke and I'm like, I can't do it. I, I can't, I can't do the joke. <laughs> And I remember we, we've all been Michael there, McKeon yeah. was in the scene with me. He's like, don't say anything. They can hear you. And I didn't know that the boom mic went into the slide. You guys, I didn't know anything. I didn't. Oh. I had no training. I had no. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. You know, this. They, how long did it take him to write this joke? It's so disgusting. I said, it's not even funny. It's just icky. It's not, it's not funny. It's icky. And the writers oh, are all icky. listening. Oh, yeah. yeah they're all oh, listening to me. Embarrassing. And all of a sudden, oh, yeah. they all converge down. They, you know, they want to talk oh. to me. And I'm like, oh. Oh. I felt so, and I felt badly for the writer because I didn't want him to get in trouble, but he wasn't. They were like, you know, you're doing the joke. And I said, I, I can't. Yeah, you got to shut yeah. those mics at lunch, man. And when you go to the bathroom. <laughs> Did you know that, David? Did you guys know that on your shows? Like when you were on Blossom and, you know. Well, Christine and I did a show together and I don't know if, I think they heard a lot of stuff. That's when we first learned it. I remember right. everyone yeah, yeah. saying, you got to start to turn that off or unplug it or, you know, and it's, you know, it's crazy to me that, uh, that they, Somebody that that's still a thing. Um Oh, Bonnie, we have to wrap. I, I can't know. believe this. We've kept you for a full hour. This I feel like I want to ask you guys so many questions, and all I did was <gasps> talk. No, that's, that's what, what we you're want. here for. Wait, can you're we just ask guest. about this? Despite you're taking time off and you're saying, are people mad at you? You're, you're in a movie coming out with one of the biggest movie stars on the planet right now, The Rock. Is that yeah. true? Yeah. yeah. What, tell us about that real quick. Christmas, The red one. Um, yeah, J.K. Simmons and I play oh. Mr. and Mrs. Claus. And Chris Evans and The Rock are. It's um, quite oh my a, goodness! It was quite oh, a we've got a good new Christmas movie coming. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Love it! Yeah, and I'm doing Bonnie's a film back. now with Allison Janey um, that Jim Rash wrote. I'll be doing that in New Mexico. But no, I didn't think anybody was mad at me. I just thought the agents were disappointed. Right, they, right. No, I know. She thinks she is turning all this stuff down. But <laughs> no, you know, no, no. Fine line we walk between. We really people. do. <laughs> people pleasing no- and having agency, right? Yeah. Oh, Bonnie, this was so terrific. Also, I have to say, Ella. Uh, uh, our daughter, oh, your daughter, madly love. in love with you. I think when, when, whenever you're in New York or we're in LA, let's please get together. I would yes. love for us all to, you know, give each other hugs because I just love you so much. And thank Same. you right so much for doing you, this. You're the best. And David, <laughs> you're welcome to join us, please. Yes. Uh, anytime. This is so much fun. It was such a pleasure to get to know you. So nice meeting you, honey. Thanks, mm-hmm. Bonnie. Thanks, Bonnie. I love her she is inc- isn't her story incredible her story is incredible and she's such a an amazing person like the way that she started helping yeah. people in a hospital she would bring the second city troop into the cancer unit i mean yeah that's just i love her i mean yeah insp- inspirational I mean, literally, like I said, those events, you can get seated at a table where it's like just pure, like I'm anxious and sweating the whole time. But (laughs) I was sitting right next to Bonnie that and her and her beautiful niece. And we had like it was from minute one, just bonding over family and all of it. And she it just like 
to me, she is just she there is a calling there. You heard her talking just about even helping her her brother-in-law mm. with a brain. Like she shows up and she is just such a, a caregiver first and foremost. But she is also that in her work. She cares about everybody around her. And she's I mean, she's just amazing. It comes back to what she said about you get back from the world what you put out into the world. And yeah. that's why you look at the people she's worked with. I mean, that's not normal. It's it, the the actors and the directors that yeah. she's over the years. It's insane. Legends. But she's put all this positivity out in the world and it's come back to her and she deserves yeah. it. She's so talented. And how she really talks about the, there's a lot of heartbreak and a lot of disappointment and a lot of rejection in this business. Yeah. But when Honestly, you get and- the person like a Sydney Pollock who says to you, you know what, this really isn't the worst day. Like this <laughs> is actually, it's a pretty good life. Like you have one person tell you how good it is and how much you they appreciate you. That's all that matters. Like that is all that matters because you got to let the rest go. So true. A lot of gratitude. She has a lot of gratitude oh even now after all of it. Oh man is she funny and she's also just such a great dramatic actress too like we didn't even get to that because we were talk- talking oh, about I, you know what i wanted so to say good. her because she did talk about her second city training has served her throughout her entire career but like i've always thought if you are a great improv comedic actor doing a dramatic scene is like a walk in the park because you've seen amazing comedic actors like jim carrey or Tom Hanks, who started in comedy. Yeah. And they, they go to do the most amazing drama, but you don't necessarily see a dramatic actor crushing a comedy. That's a exactly. harder. It's so true. It can really fall flat. You're so yeah. right. You're so right. But she, she just really does it all. I mean, and really does it all. Like, yeah. I, I would like to be Bonnie Hunt. <laughs> when I grow mm-hmm. up, even though we're only like a few years apart. <laughs> you can play her. <laughs> I would love to. She said that to me. She was like, I would hire you in a New York minute. I'm like, I okay, mean, I, let's go. Let's do it. Let's find something. Any casting She's, director would say, oh, oh yeah, that makes total sense. <laughs> oh, gosh. All right. Well, that was a great, great um Yeah. Thanks, chat. Christine. That yeah, was awesome. And um, we'll, um, thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you all uh, back here next week. Yep. Have a great week, everyone. Thanks for listening. Make sure to subscribe and give us five stars. And please follow us on Instagram at HeyDudeThe90sCalled. See you next time. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. 
At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm to front door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota.